A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, Dan. We are back at it. Yes. After a week off last week. Mm-hmm. It happens. Haven't, haven't Every done now a lot and then you have to have a break. Yeah, we took three. <laughs> I think that's our third one where we've taken a break. It's always every year at the same time. Yeah, we have a every great big color and design event that happens usually first or second week in November. Roughly. This time, second week in mm-hmm. November. And so come Saturday, yeah, there just wasn't anything there. No. So we ran a rerun. <laughs> yeah, well, it happened. This week, we're back on it with all new stuff. Yes. And we're going to recap some of the great stuff that happened at the event. We're going to talk about... Just the, the the inspiration that we had for pulling all of this together. There is so much that we can talk about and learn. You know how to decorate, how to get a hold of our own style and figure it out. Mm-hmm. The different products that are out there and coming, things that you'll want to be aware of. All of that, right. we're going to cover that. Oh, yeah. But before we jump into that, mm-hmm. I want to talk about what Betsy has spent. The better part of this week talking about, and I don't understand why, and I have (laughs) wanted to ask, and I have refrained from asking because I wanted to ask here on air. Okay. You have shown me, I think, at least four articles. You have read excerpts from them about toilets. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. About expensive toilets, about crazy toilets, about toilets in space. And then when I thought finally the toilet talk was over with you, <laughs> now you yesterday you flashed some picture of the world's biggest toilet roll, <laughs> uh, uh, the roll of toilet paper. It will last a month, and yeah. it's the perfect gift for Christmas. You were saying. Well, that's what they claimed, and I was thinking, whoever gets me toilet paper for Christmas, I am giving you coal. Tell the listeners about the toilet paper roll. Well, it's a thirty-day. Yeah, Roll, they say right? up to a month, and it has to come with this special holder because you know there's no... Right, it's okay. going to rip your holder out of the wall well, if you try to install let's it face there. It. You need they your keep... own dedicated ins- or, or holder. Yeah, but they keep getting bigger and bigger with these rolls. You know, first it was the double roll, and then it was the mega roll. And so many of our toilet paper holders don't hold the huge jumbo rolls that they've now come out with. I specifically look for the old style of toilet paper. You know, just a little fits your single little roll. puny roll holder. Yeah. See, we don't have that problem at my house because nobody ever puts the toilet paper roll back on the holder. Oh, well, It just of sits in various places. In fact, I have snapped pictures and in fact, I got burned really badly once because I didn't think this through. I put it on Facebook uh-huh. because I walked into the bathroom and, the, of course, there's the little brown empty cardboard roll. Right, right, right. right. Just on the, on the dispenser. Mm-hmm. And there's a roll sitting on top of it of new toilet paper just laying there. Right. And then there's two more rolls mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. So I snap a picture of it and put it on Facebook <laughs> and type, you would think with all these people in the house, somebody would know how to change the roll. But we've oh, got no. three backups in there, all in different states of being mm-hmm. used, but nobody has put one on there. Mm-hmm. I put that up on Facebook and I was feeling pretty proud. Very first comment was, um, did you change it? <laughs> Shoot, I never did. I walked away. I took my uh-huh. picture, posted it, and left. Uh-huh. So anyway, we could handle this big 
thousand pound roll or whatever it was. Yeah, it but is just insane when you see pictures. It's a Charmin thing, right? It was yeah. a real brand. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. They I had heard about it before, but it just popped up as an advertisement or whatever. And they're you know telling people that it's a great Christmas gift. And I'm thinking, you gotta be joking. <laughs> Unless you're getting it from your grandma, there is no reason no, to give no, someone no, no, toilet no, no. paper for Christmas. No, 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 no. See, I thought socks were the epitome of the worst <laughs> gift. You know, socks or underwear. Well, then I got older, and then I realized right. the pure joy of socks and underwear. Right, but exactly. toilet paper, I got a long That's way to go. That's a whole new level of, yeah. All right. So, yeah. no real reason for your toilet paper and toilet fascination for it the week? Just, there have been articles that have come up, and I found them very funny. You know, the the first article that spurred all this was one that was all about toilets, the really expensive ones, you know, the gold one and the one that looks like a throne from, you know, the Renaissance period or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they give the prices and things like that. A Swarovski crystal encrusted toilet and then wow. the International Space Station toilet. I have toilet. a Stradivarius. <laughs> Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's, I think it's a violin. Yes, yeah, so it's I don't know what toilet. that has to do with toilets. <laughs> well, my toilet plays classical music. Oh. It's that fancy. Uh-huh. So then, anyway, that's what's all The thing that caught me it. is when you talked about the space station one that recycles yes, into it, drinkable water. Yes. Yeah. They, they filter it wow. and they take... But then it was followed up. Somebody posted then on Facebook an article about, I think it was Bill Gates, came up with this new toilet that turns whatever goes into it into fertilizer. Well, that makes more sense. I can see the jump from that right. to fertilizer. Right. But from that to drinking but where, water. But where are you going to get water in the International Space Station if you don't get it from I, recycling? Yes. <laughs> anyway. Put the two together and you've got completely recycled toilet. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> anyway, if you're looking for a toilet, Betsy knows some of the most expensive models out there. And yep. if water is something, you know, maybe your water system doesn't work the way it should, uh-huh. you could call Gordon Water. He, or you I could get this fancy that. toilet that will turn it into drinking water. Yeah, just be prepared to spend millions of dollars on it because hey, that's what it costs. <laughs> our comfort is worth whatever it takes. Uh-huh. Now, that's enough about toilets. Okay. Let's get on to what we want to talk about Right off the bat here. Mm-hmm. And it's Iris Apfel. Yes. Explain Iris just momentarily. I adore this woman. She is crazy. She has a sense of style that is unlike anything. Some people look at it and be like, what is she thinking? Yes. But there is a method to her madness. Well, and I, I, I just can't say enough about her. Right. She's phenomenally inspiring. She was the inspiration for our event, mm-hmm. Turn Design on its Head. Yep. And we're going to play, basically we're going to do the presentation that we gave yeah. at the event. Mm-hmm. And we're going to change it a little bit, of course, because right. this is a different format. But we want to use as much of Iris's own words. Mm-hmm. You know, So we've got some videos from a movie that came out, some YouTube videos. Basically, you'll get a feel for Iris. But you need to understand a couple things before we start. She's 98 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Most of these videos come from a time when she's easily over her 90s. Yes, I yeah, I think so. And when you hear a lot of clanking and stuff in the background of some of the, the some of the videos, <laughs> what that is is her jewelry. Because yep. if you're not familiar with Iris, she completely layers. She will have her from her wrist to her elbows mm-hmm. covered in bangly bracelets, 
Piles yes. and piles of necklaces, mm-hmm. crazy clothing. She makes all kinds of noises when she just moves. I think she makes noise when she breathes because she's got so much stuff on. Yes. So you need to understand that because you don't have the visual. Right. But we're going to start with why in the world would we want to talk about Iris? I like to improvise. I always think I like to do things as though I'm, I'm, I'm playing jazz. Try this, try that. It just has to feel right with me. Every time I do it, I do it a different way. I like individuality. So lost these days. There's so much sameness. Everything is homogenized. I hate it. Whatever. I absolutely love that part. That is like my favorite thing that she says. Whatever. Yeah, that got us the big laughs every as night. We started the whole thing. Yeah. So why Iris? Why are we even talking about her? She's largely a fashion icon. Why in the world would we want to focus on her on the Home Improvement Show today or at our event this past week? Well, first off, because she embodies brilliantly the idea of turn design on its head. Yeah, she is everything that Turn Design on its head is all about. She is absolutely fearless in what she does. She is so bold and goes where no one else dares to go. She's super creative in what she does. I find her to be absolutely brilliant. I mean, the things that Mm -hmm. she says and the things that she does just blow my mind. She's obviously very hilarious in her own very Iris type of way. And most of all, she's inspiring. You well, know, that's of what course. it really boils down to. So we've picked five decorating lessons that we can learn from Iris Apfel. So we'll take the fashion stuff that she talks about and turn it into decorating stuff. And it's all right. really, really good. Yeah. And this is going to open up the world to you if you've ever struggled to pull your home together. Right. But before we get to that, we need to kind of give you a bird's eye view of Iris and her history so you kind of understand where we're coming from. And we'll do all of that after a quick break. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk more about Iris Apfel and why in the world this crazy old lady is so inspiring when it comes to decorating. Well, right? Yeah, she is very inspiring. And I think in order to understand why she is so inspiring, I think you have to understand where she comes from. So she was born in 1921 in Astoria, Queens, New York. And from the earliest age, she was super picky about what she wore. Her mom would coordinate her hair bow to her dress and Iris would throw a fit. She hated it. She wanted it to match. Eventually, she came around to her mom's way of thinking. And mother always knows best and matchy matchy is out and coordinating is in. There's a quick decorating <laughs> lesson right off the bat. Coordinating yep. is what, Betsy, for the for the people not in the know? Coordinating is what you want to do. It's when things just go together. Matchy-matchy is when you take a blue and you match exactly this one to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. You know, your pillows match your throw, match your accessories and so right. on. That's what little Iris wanted. Right. Older Iris, much, much older Iris, <laughs> says no. Yes. But anyway, that was just a great story from her childhood. Another one, Iris was the only grandchild on both sides of the family. Right. So family get-togethers were a little bit dry for her. Mm -hmm. Surrounded by older people. Yep. So her grandma comes up with this great idea to keep her quiet. 
Yeah, her grandfather was a master tailor. And so he had all kinds of scraps of cloth and fabric and things like that around. And so her grandmother would put her in a separate room and dump out these bags of fabric samples and say, you can play with these. You can go through them. You can do whatever you want. If you're quiet and you mind your manners, then you can choose six of them to take home. And Iris would spend hours going through and making combinations of textures and colors and patterns and things like that. And, you know, of course, she spent a ton of time doing it because she had to have it be just perfect. Right. She wasn't going to take just any six. She wanted the best six. Of course. And she talks about how that helped her hone her eye Mm -hmm. for color and texture and pattern and all that. Yeah. So anyway, a couple Mm -hmm. interesting stories from her childhood. Now skip ahead to the 30s, late 1930s. She's in college at New York University as an art history major. Mm -hmm. And then she transfers to the University of Wisconsin. And while there, she becomes the first woman in America to wear jeans. Yeah, she had an outfit in mind and she figured that jeans were just the thing to complete the outfit. But the guy at the Army-Navy surplus store wouldn't sell them to her because no good young lady wears jeans. And she kept going after him. Come on. Just sell them to me. Just sell them to me. She said she went multiple times. Yeah. After like weeks, he got sick of seeing her coming in there. And so he ordered her a pair of boys jeans because it was Wisconsin and it was full of lumberjacks. Yeah. Everybody was the size of a lumberjack. (laughs) Right. I know her pain. Yeah. Iris and I both shop in the boys section. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So he orders her a pair of boys jeans and it completes her look. Right. And she ends up being the first woman in America, at least according to the story, who wears jeans. Yeah. Now, Now, move ahead. Oh, you go for it, Betsy. No, go ahead. Anyway, after (laughs) college, she wants to launch a career as a fashion editor. That's her big thing. Mm -hmm. So she starts working at Women's Wear Daily, but ends up just running copy back and forth from desk to desk, floor to floor. She Mm -hmm. realizes there's no future here. So she jumps ship. And ends up working for Robert Goodman, a men's fashion editor. Yeah, and while she worked for Robert, she actually met Eleanor Johnson. Eleanor Johnson uh, had married into some money, and so she would go. Her thing to do was to go and rent, lease, buy apartments, and then make up a buyer in her head for her interior decorating. So she would completely create this character, and then decorate the place for them. And then go try to find that person so she could sell the space. (laughs) Kind of a crazy business plan. Not sure it's the best model Mm -hmm. out there, but it worked for her. Now, isn't this the same lady that Iris said was a really nice lady, but couldn't decorate her way out of a paper bag? Yes. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. she hires Iris because she sees Iris as somebody who can help her get where she wants to go and that Iris has the chops to do this. Mm -hmm. Eleanor hires her and they end up working together and they do quite well for a while. Yeah, this is where Iris decides that interior design is probably her true calling. And she dabbled in it for a little while. And eventually she went back to fashion and being an editor. She didn't like decorating for imaginary people. Just wasn't <laughs> well, can you the, blame her? <laughs> quite the draw. Yeah, so she went to uh, Grossinger's Daily Newspaper. Now, Grossinger's was a large resort in the Catskill Mountains. And at that time... Places like that would put out a daily newspaper for the who's who, what everyone was wearing and what they were doing and the right, local gossip. All and... the clients at Grossinger's, yes. Grossinger's, I can never say Grossinger's. that right. Yep, that one. <laughs> They're all super fancy people. Yes. They're the kind of people that if I was even nearby, they'd say, sir. Like at Mackinac <laughs> Island, you know the Grand Hotel? Yes. I cross that line and the, the, the one guy always comes out and says, um, sir. You need to go to the other side Aww. of that line. <laughs> that, yeah. But uh-huh. she was surrounded by the rich and famous. Anybody right. who's anybody. And yeah. she's interviewing them for this mm-hmm. daily publication. And so she talks about how she needed 
all this this great clothing, this great wardrobe, right. but she didn't have it. So she yeah. had to get really creative. Yeah, she would just take a simple dress and then put on a bunch of jewelry. And that kind of got people looking at her and saying, hey, she's got something. And they figured, well, if she can style herself like that, then she ought to be able to do a great job doing interior decorating. And they started talking to her about Mm -hmm. that, hiring her, and she launched her own interior design business. She's working on her own at this point. Yep. So late 40s now, she marries a man named Carl Apfel. And they stay married until Carl passes away just a couple years ago. Yeah. So 68 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. And they work together on this interior design business. But they also start a company called Old World Weavers. Yeah. Iris was looking for a very specific uh, fabric that she had in mind. And it didn't exist. She went all over New York looking for it and couldn't find it. And she bumped into a friend that she had been in school with. And the friend said, my dad has a textile company. Why don't you go talk to him? So Iris did. And he said, you... You give me the drawing and I'll make it for you. And she did such a great job. He wanted more of her designs. And that's where Old World Weaver started. Yeah, they decided that we might as well work together. He'll make the fabrics. Mm -hmm. They can design and sell them. Yeah. And it really blew up at that point. They became very famous in the industry. Their fabrics, Old World Weaver's fabrics, are in houses around the world. Some of the Mm -hmm. finest houses. Her clients included Greta Garbo. Yep. Estee Lauder. Did I say that correctly? Garbo. Okay. Yep. Estee Lauder. Marjorie Merriweather Post from the Serial. Yep. She's from Serial Money. (laughs) Right. She also did a lot of decorating for the White House. because That's what's so cool. Yeah. It's very cool because in the White House on the first floor, they do restorations and they have to have historically accurate uh, textiles to go in there. And so they kept bringing her in for nine different White Houses. From Harry Truman all the way through Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's a lot. She and was known as the First Lady yeah. of Fabric and Our Lady of the Cloth. <laughs> How cool I is that? I love that. But what's crazy is that the real breakthrough for Iris mm-hmm. comes in actually 2005. Yeah, the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, had a canceled exhibit. And so the curator, Harold Coda, had heard of Iris and her jewelry collection and he asked her to do just a small display in there and when he went to see all the things she had there were so many clothes that he just said jewelry yeah we have to put it together and so in the end they ended up with 82 different pieces of clothing or outfits and over 300 pieces of jewelry right the exhibit called rara avis rare bird Mm -hmm. opens and it's wildly popular it's described as visionary how nothing on this level has been done in years, and it launches Iris to this entire new career at the age of 83. Yes. And now she's still working. She's a fashion icon. She's a magazine cover model at 98. There's an (laughs) Iris Barbie doll. Yep. She still dresses and decorates for herself. She's still true to who she's always been. And that's why we're going to talk about what we can learn when it comes to decorating from this rare bird. And we're going to get that after the break. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM.
Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Betsy. Why, thank you for having me back and not kicking me out of the studio. <laughs> well, I couldn't find anybody to replace you on such short notice. Well, and really, who was going to talk about Iris with you except me? I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone else who can talk about her like I do. Well, a lot of the listeners now know Iris's history. Yes. We crammed 98 years of life into 8 minutes and 40 seconds. Do you know what a feat that is? <laughs> we were flying. We were... But now we want to actually get to the decorating lessons that Mm -hmm. we can learn from it. And we're going to go and use videos or the audio from videos because this is radio. And I do understand that the video will be lost on Mm -hmm. most people. Right. So we're using the audio from the videos so that you can hear Iris's voice. That's very important to us at our Turn Design on on its Head event. That was a big deal. Yeah. You've got to hear Iris's voice for this to really resonate with you. Right. And this very first lesson mm-hmm. is called Style Trump's Beauty. Yes. And Iris's story, she's talking about a trip from a long time ago when she was quite young yeah. to what's, what's the department store? Lowman's. Anyone who knows fashion has heard of Lowman's department store. Huge department store in New York City. All right. So she's talking about an experience at Lowman's. Mm-hmm. I had discovered Lowman's. It was in Brooklyn. That, that was when uh, Mrs. Lohman, the original, like, who was absolutely a trip. She looked like something out of Toulouse Slow Trek. And she would sit on a high stool like she was observing a tennis match. And she would look at what everybody in the shop was doing. And she used to fixate on me. And she really made me very uncomfortable. And one day she called me over and she said, young lady, I've been watching you. You're not pretty, and you'll never be pretty, but it doesn't matter. You have something much better. You have style. You're never going to be pretty, (laughs) but you have something better. You have style. I love that. Style trumps beauty. What's the decorating lesson, Betsy? Well, let's face it. How many of us really have that magazine beautiful house? You know, the one we see and we always want to decorate just like that. And then we think, well, I I don't have that kind of house. Right. We see ads. We see all of these things in wonderful magazines. Yeah. And then we look at our space. Yeah. And it doesn't look anything like that. Architecturally, I mean, the bones aren't even there. Right. I'm not talking that the color isn't right mm-hmm. or whatever. The bones. I of don't the know place. how to make that work. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you ever get there? And so, what's the tendency, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, is to kind of get a little down, a little depressed, mm-hmm. or to figure that in order to get where I want to go, I'm going to need to remodel, you know, gut right. this area and completely change it. And then I heard this quote. From Iris. Mm -hmm. And I started to think, wait a minute now. If style can trump beauty when it comes to how we appear, Mm -hmm. it's got to be the same thing in our homes. Style can override the fact that your home doesn't maybe have some of these beautiful architectural elements. Bringing the style into your decorating can make anything look great and honestly, possibly look better than some of the homes that we would say are truly beautiful. Yeah, you don't have to have the architecture. You don't have to move to another home that has the architecture that you want. All you have to do are bring in the elements that style it to be you, and that's all that matters. So, first lesson. Remember, style is better than beauty. But now we need to figure out how in the world we get to style. Right. So let's go to lesson two. Scrap the rules and be original. And now we're back to Iris. Right. The world has gotten much more homogenized. And fashion, I think fashion is a mirror of society. And as a result of it, fashion has become almost like a uniform. I know in New York, 
You can sometimes tell a person's zip code by what they're wearing. But the fashion press hasn't helped at all. There's always a list of 10 things that you must have and the 10 things that are out. No such thing or in and out. I'm still wearing a beautiful dress that I wore when I had my first date with my husband, which was 68 years ago. I think people worry too much about what other people think. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. So much is the same out there when it comes to decorating. Oh, yeah. You and I saw that when we went to Parade of Homes a few years back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about it on the radio, how all of these houses, you know, yes, they were beautiful houses. They seemed to be just perfectly painted, everything coordinated. It looked fantastic. And the first one looked really good. Yes. second one looked pretty good. It was good. But by the time we got to the fourth one, I think that's where you're going. I yeah. know that's where you're going. They all look the same. The colors were the same. Mm-hmm. Everything was the same. It's like Iris was talking about everything in the fashion world becomes homogenized. Everything in the decorating world becomes homogenized. It really and does. And then we constrain ourselves with all kinds of rules. Yeah. How often do you hear someone say, what is your style? People ask me that all the time. What is your decorating style? Nobody asks me. They can (laughs) see it. That guy... He don't well, the thing is, there are styles. You know, people think, okay, mid-century modern is a style. Colonial is a style. But who says you have to be just one of those things? Well, it's a problem because we will find things that we like. Mm-hmm. But then we'll say, it doesn't I've been fit. there. My mom's, well, I, mm-hmm. everybody I've talked to has been there. That doesn't fit with my style. Right. I like it, but it's not my style. Mm-hmm. It's not really going to work with our stuff. Yeah. My grandma Hanson mm-hmm. decorated really, really well. Yeah. But everything she did was colonial. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. her style, right. let's say. And all the chairs, the bra- braided rugs, mm-hmm. you name it, colonial. That's right. just what it was. And then all of a sudden, there was a point, I don't remember when, but I remember when they started showing up. <laughs> she found these little elf figurines. Okay. You know, little uh-huh. people carved out of, I don't even know what, I guess they were resin. This was a mm-hmm. long time ago before resin was everywhere. Right. But they were carved and painted and incredibly detailed. Okay. And the little elves and they're making things, pointy ears, pointy And you're noses. thinking these did not come they from the colonial fit. period? <laughs> right. I don't think George Washington had these. Probably not. They were completely out of mm-hmm. her style. And my mom didn't like it at all. She thought that was so weird. Mm-hmm. As a kid, we loved them because it was this infusion of grandma's personality. Right. She completely broke all the rules mm-hmm. and put herself into the house. And all of a sudden, it took it to that next level. Right. And so often we get asked when people come into the stores, what are the current colors? What are the popular colors? And they may not even like them, but that's what they want to know. Well, who cares? They're afraid of decorating with an out of style color, but there is no such thing. If you love it, then it doesn't really matter. I love that. There's no such thing as in or out. She's wearing a dress yet that she wore 68 years ago. Yes. On her first date. (laughs) If it looks good, you can pull it off. So second rule, scrap the rules. And be original. (laughs) Right. I used to make two trips to Europe with at least 40-foot containers each time, and then I I never missed an auction. I really got wonderful things that way. I think in a former life, I was a hunter-gatherer. I love digging, and I love finding. I like to find things and make things up and put things together that are unexpected. Then there's some part of me in it. And I think in my home, I I like a home to reflect me. And I think people should do that, but so many people don't. I guess they don't know who they are, and they're so afraid of making a mistake or having people say, mm-hmm. I, I think it's much more fun to be you. 
See, that is such a great point. <laughs> it is I such a fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but we are. We're worried that when we put something together, my sister was talking to me about some Harry Potter stuff that mm-hmm. she's got in her entryway, much to my mom's dismay. <laughs> you know, it's right. outside of any kind of style, but yet that's what matters to Laura. Mm-hmm. And she found herself in living all these experiences, and she wants to put that part of who she is and her experience, her life experience, needs to be part of the decorating. And when we do that, we really start to infuse a lot of energy and infuse a lot of interest into what we've got going on in our homes. Yeah, finding yourself in the hunt, lesson number three, is all about creating these stories as you hunt for these things that really speak to you. You know, we at this show had what we called our cabinet of curiosities. We were showing the color matching skills of Repcolite. And so you and I went and I think we scoured every thrift store. They know us by sight. (laughs) And they're as sick of us. They're here again. Actually, they love us because we cleaned (laughs) off a lot of stuff they never thought they'd sell. We did. But what was really great about it was there are some stories now that we have in hunting for these items. We found a Cleopatra, and that was by far my favorite item. Great big life-size bust of Cleopatra. It's like something that should be in a museum. Yeah, black and gold. It is absolutely fantastic. And it's one of those things where we were looking for that piece that just spoke to us. and unusual. Yeah, we had been to a lot of stores and suddenly there she is and we haggled a little bit. I mean, it was, there's a whole story and that's the great thing. When people come to your home and you have found yourself in the hunt, they can say, where did you get that? And you have a story. There's meaning behind it. There's so much interest that goes into that. Right. We get excited about decorating when that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know, we looked up the word because it was used by a number of smarter people than <laughs> you or I. Right. They kept talking about how we've curated this collection. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I looked up curate. Yeah. And it means to pull together, to sift through and to select for right. presentation. Mm-hmm. And it made me think that all too often we decorate our homes. Yes. When in fact we should be curating them mm-hmm. because there is so much more fun in the search. Right. Iris talks about that on other interviews where she says, if you gave me a bunch of money and put me in a department store, even a great department store, mm-hmm. and told me I could have anything, it would not be nearly as much fun right. or as valuable to me mm-hmm. as finding that one $4 thing at some flea market somewhere right. after sifting through a basket of other stuff. Mm-hmm. There is so much interest to be had out there if we just get out there and look. The fun of it, when we can go to one store and buy mm-hmm. a whole bunch of paintings that we put on our wall. Right. You know, it can look nice. It, yeah. can, it can all work. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the fun and, and infusing ourselves into the home doesn't happen without that search. Right. Now, lessons four and five are going to come up right after a short break. So don't go anywhere because you're not going to want to miss them. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. Hopefully yes. you are. We're we've got an unusual show this week. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize it was going to be this unusual. No. But we've never done a full show on one single topic. We've learned a lot from Iris. Just roll with it. Yeah, we're rolling <laughs> with it. So basically you're getting the turn design on its head event special. Of the yes. Repolite Home Improvement Show. If you missed our event, and mm-hmm. a fair number of you did, <laughs> because there were there there was a lot of people there. 
Yes. But there weren't as many as can listen. Well, but there also aren't as many seats as that. So no, we're glad not all of you came. <laughs> yes, we, we wanted some breathing room. Seat you. We or didn't want the you. fire marshal coming through. No, and we would have had that. <laughs> yeah. But we thought the information was so fun to us, yeah. and it really changed how we look at our own homes. Mm-hmm. That we wanted to pass that along to as many people as possible. So we've been working through some decorating lessons that we learned from Iris Apfel. Mm -hmm. And we've covered the first three of five in the last segment. Covered her history just before that. So really... You're going to want to, if you missed any of this episode, just go back and find yeah. it in the archives right. and check out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to wrap it up with the last two. So basically lessons four and five. And lesson yes. four is accessories are key. Well, my mother was very chic and she dressed beautifully. And I always tell everybody she worshipped at the altar of the accessory and knew so well what to do with them. That, of course, came to be because I was a child of the Depression. And we couldn't buy too much, and we had to think it out very carefully. Mama always said if you had a good little black dress or basic black sweater and skirt, you could go anywhere. Scarves and and jewelry and things of that sort are very transformative. And you can take a very, very simple outfit. You can go from day to night. You can go from the office to a gala and just change your accessories, and you look marvelous. Accessories? Are key mm-hmm. for people who want to decorate. Yes, but money is an issue, mm-hmm. and for me, money is an issue. It, it is for a lot of us. You know, I don't want to constantly repaint. And right. in fact, my mom, growing up, money was an issue for us too. But somehow, she found the money to repaint <laughs> nonstop. Right. You know, we joked we would come home once a week, and that is not an exaggeration. We'd come home from school. And the entryway would be another color and another color and another color. I mean, there were times you'd walk in and you'd think, am I even in the right place? Mm-hmm. Because mom was changing it all the time. But right. not everybody wants to go through that work. Not everybody has the money to do that. And yet we don't want to be locked into the same thing for years and years. Right. And that's where accessories really play out. Mm-hmm. Think of your room and the walls as the little black dress. You know, you have the base that's fairly neutral. And it, let me specify, neutral does not mean you have to go with beige or white. Neutral right. can be a chocolate brown. It can be a charcoal gray. It could even be a sage green. Something that's just a little bit more calming. Even the color of the year this year, which is a very washed out pink. Yeah, blush pink, we like to call it. Could be referred to as a neutral. Yeah, absolutely. So neutral doesn't mean boring. No. It just means something you can work with. Right. And then you bring in the accessories. You go through that hunt, like we talked about before, and you find those things. And the great thing about using the accessories is you can change them out. And accessories can be as simple as a bowl of lemons or a bowl of limes or a bowl of pine cones. It can be so simple. Accessories can also be paint colors. You know, yes. we've seen people paint an accent wall mm-hmm. or we've seen them paint the insides of bookcases you know the back I wall love of that a bookcase yep. or open shelving or mm-hmm. something like that just putting pops of color against all of this neutral that you've got right can change the look and feel of the room we've seen kitchens where they've had lemons in a bowl mm-hmm. and then they swap them out for limes and then they put a few green accessories around right. and the whole room feels different yeah it's a whole without new changing look. the cabinets without changing the counters without changing anything very inexpensive way Right. To change your room and move it through different seasons 
and have a lot of fun with it. And one last thing, paint could be key because if you have that one piece of furniture that looks good, but now you're ready to change your room, you could paint that and it's a whole new look. Right. And we can help you with that. We've got all the products to get you exactly where you want to go with that. Right. So don't forget that. Right. Lesson five, when you look, see you. And this is one of my favorite audio clips. Yes. First, you have to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, then just forget it. Knowing yourself is not the easiest thing in the world and is often very painful. And you have to look in the mirror. I think that's the greatest fashion faux pas is people look in the mirror and they see somebody else. If you can't hear that, what she basically said at the end was uh, one of the greatest, and I think she said the greatest fashion Fashion faux pas pas. is to look in the mirror and see somebody else. Mm -hmm. We all do that. Yes. I I have certain people that you emulate or you Mm -hmm. like or, you know, Hollywood people that, oh, I wish I kind of, you know, look like that. I'll I'll buy clothes like that. Mm -hmm. I went through an Indiana Jones phase. (laughs) Of course you you did. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yes. And the thing was, you look in the mirror and you want to see somebody else. Mm -hmm. And and that's what Iris is saying is so sad. Yeah. And when it comes to our homes, we do the same thing. We decorate based on images we've seen in a magazine mm-hmm. or we go to a friend's house. How often don't we hear that, Betsy, where, yep. you know, I visited it at so-and-so's house. Here's the color they have on their wall. Right. I want to duplicate it. Mm-hmm. When you're all done, you look at this space and it feels less like yours and it looks more like somebody else. Yeah. What people forget is your space is an extension of your personality. So make it such. Your friend isn't living in your house. Make your house function for you and your family. Make it the space that you want it to be. I talked to a designer a while back and she was talking about a customer that she had who the woman style... I. And venturing is slightly like Iris, you know, a little bit out there, a little bit crazy, likes bright, bold colors and Mm -hmm. things. And then she was going to paint or put, you know, this rug on the floor that was just kind of dull and boring compared to her personality. And the decorator said it was um, neutral. Yeah, it was just kind of. eh." And the designer said, well. Why would you do that? That's that's not your personality. Your personality is this. How about this thing? And of course, when the customer went with it, she absolutely loved it because it was her. It embodied who she was. Right. What we want to see in our spaces is a reflection of us, mm-hmm. of our family. We don't want to worry, you know, going back to all the different things Iris said, because this video really, this clip sums all of it up. Right. We don't want to worry what everybody else says. No. We get that all the time. I can't Mm -hmm. decorate with these colors because they're out of style. There's no such thing. No. I can't do this because my mom says that's ugly. (laughs) If your family likes it, if Mm -hmm. your family is happy with it, if you're happy with it, that's where you want to go with it. Mm -hmm. And if that means infusing these elements of fun, like my grandma infused those little elves, Mm -hmm. that was her sense of humor coming through. And let me tell you, I can't tell you what colors she decorated with. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you any of that. I don't remember. I remember the elves because it was... Grandma's personality in her decor. Mm -hmm. And that is something that will last with you. It stays with you and your family on through the years. Iris talked about one last thing, and she was talking about all the things that she has collected in her home, because when I first saw her house, I'm like, oh my goodness, design threw up in here, because it was just so much stuff everywhere. But she describes it as when she walks into her home with all of these miscellaneous, crazy things, she says, it's like being greeted by old friends. And 
that's what you want to walk into. You want to walk into a home that makes you happy when you arrive. Exactly. And that's all the time we've got. We've used a whole episode to talk about this because we think it's important. And most importantly, we think it's a lot of fun. It is. If you want to hear this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. I'm Dan Hanson. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we'll help you make your space uniquely you. Whether that's Kermit the Frog riding an ostrich. Like Iris has. <laughs> or something a little more Subdued. mainstream. <laughs> right. We'll help you get there. Right. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.